<laughs> Emma, you like this? Mark, smile. <laughs> Emma, you see what I have to work with? <laughs> Hello, You're everyone. Very lucky person. Emma, I'm very lucky to be associated with uh, with with Mark. I think it's it's been nearly two years, Mark, isn't it? Our, our yeah. life sentence together. Yeah, it's we, we've had room for the third season. And we we've had so much fun, Emma. We've been all over the world, and now. Now, Mark, where are we now? We're in Australia. We're in Australia. Oh, everyone. So, hold, on, hold on, let me do the serious bit, Mark. Um, hello, everyone. It's Max McGillivray from Beanstalk Global. Uh, today, it is the AHDB Talking Leader Series with the illustrious Mark Campbell and our fantastic guest, Emma Thompson, CEO of the Sunshine Coast Council in Australia. Emma, before we come to you, we want, we want to find out all about you. We want to find out about Sunshine Coast and we want to find out about Australia. But but we better, um, for, for, for the sake of our, of our um, or Mark, help me, our advertisers, our sponsors. No, no, our partners. Can you just tell everyone, Mark, what the purpose is of AHDB and the Talking Leaders series, please? Uh, so the AHDB, we're a, a levy body that is there to support UK UK farmers um, in all sorts of things. Um, and the AgriLever program particularly looks um, at helping uh, improve the capabilities uh, in leadership management and people skills um, of farmers. And Talking Leaders is bringing people, really interesting people like Emma um, and the Sunshine Coast Council um, into the world of the farms and try and learn bits bits from them um, in, in an interesting way. And, and Emma, where this has worked so well um, is that Mark and his uh, colleague uh, Isaac and the other colleagues within the AHDB, we, we, we sort of got a bit of a problem with the UK agriculture, Emma, that we can be very blinkered, very, very siloed. And what we're trying to do is bring in really interesting people from, from, from places far afield so that we can learn from you and sort of get out of our silo of thinking and sort of better ourselves within, within UK agriculture. So we, we thought, as I look out of my, my uh, window and, and it's dark and it's rainy, we thought, where else can we go? But, but Australia. So, so Emma, shall, shall we? Shall we? Let me let me just give the intro on on yourself formally, that, and then we can um, we, we can pull pull back the curtains for one of a better expression and find out more about you and the uh, and the Sunshine Coast. So, we're delighted to be joined by Emma Thomas. Emma is the CEO of the Sunshine Coast Council, one of the largest local governments in Queensland, Australia, serving a population in excess of three hundred forty thousand residents and one of Australia's fastest growing regions. The Sunshine Coast Council is pursuing a transformational agenda to strengthen the region's economy, improving the region's livability, enabling community connectedness and inclusion, and maintaining an astounding natural environment and landscape. Prior to joining Council, Emma held a range of chief executive and senior executive leadership roles with the Australian Capital Territory, South Australian and Queensland governments. She is a values-based leader, love this, values-based leader with a passion for and committed to sustainable regional economic development and fostering social inclusion, community diversity, connectivity and accessibility. These elements are an integral part of her focus and leadership as Sunshine Coast Council CEO. As the CEO, Emma's responsible for an organisation with a budget in excess of 860 million Australian, uh, Australian dollars, more than 6 billion in assets, over 1,800 people, and overseeing one of the most innovative policy programme and infrastructure delivery agendas that seeks to position council as a national leader in local government excellent and excellence and the Sunshine Coast as the most livable and sustainable region in Australia, if not the world. Emma, is that a good introduction for yourself? That's a perfect introduction. I don't know if I need to say any more, Max. Um, Emma, when I was doing, doing some research on, on you and the Sunshine Coast and Council, it, it, is it a privilege? 
to have this role and to be living and influencing this area of Australia? It's an incredible privilege to be part of the Sunshine Coast region here. We're in just a beautiful place um, and it has been for, for thousands of years. Uh, our traditional owners, are the Cubby Cubby people and the Yinnaburra people, and uh, we continue to build and foster our relationships and learn about the 60,000 years of heritage that uh, has, has brought us to where we are today. Uh, but now we, we have a very strong relationship with our environment and uh, we, we prioritise livability amongst uh, all of our things that we do here. Yeah, well, well done. And this is something I, I'm keen for Mark and I and our listeners and our, and our viewers to, to pick up uh, from yourself because we, we know some of the pressures that uh, you're all are under on an environmental basis as, as we are. And I think if we if, if we all communicate with each other and learn from you as to what you've learned and, and perhaps some of the issues that you've managed to overcome, we'll be able to pick up on that as well. But but Emma, is there, is there any way that we can, I don't know, find out more about uh, the, the Sunshine Coast, I don't know, in a, in a pictorial form or a video form? Is there anything that you could suggest that we could see? Well, we have a fantastic video to share on one of our really prime projects that we're doing around something that we call our Blue Heart Project. And I'd love to share that video with you now. Excellent. Emma, count us down from five so we can show this video. Go. <laughs> five, four, three, two, one. Blue Heart Sunshine Coast is a regionally significant place, an innovative project and an Australian first partnership. Set in the Maroochee River floodplain of the Sunshine Coast in Queensland, it's fed by seven large freshwater streams within a 640 square kilometre catchment between the Blackhall Range and the Coral Sea. Its headwater streams flow down from the hills onto the floodplain, joining into the iconic Maroochee River estuary that stretches 25 kilometres between Yandina and Maroochydore. For tens of thousands of years, the Maroochee River and its floodplain have provided food, shelter and a spiritual home for the coastal Cubby Cubby peoples. The river and local mountains are significant to the culture and dreaming stories of the Cubby Cubby peoples. Since colonisation, the river and floodplain have been modified in support of timber getting, cattle grazing, farming and urban settlements. Much of the floodplain was altered during the 1900s for cane farming. This involved cutting in deep channels to drain fresh water off paddocks, with gates at the ends to stop tidal waters coming back in. At the turn of this century, sugarcane farms stretched across most of the floodplain. After the regional sugar mill closed in 2003, land use in the floodplain has diversified to a mix of local and mostly rural uses. Today, the river is a popular recreational destination for locals and visitors who enjoy boating, fishing, swimming, or just relaxing along its foreshores. In 2019, Sunshine Coast Council, Unity Water, and the state government launched Blue Heart Sunshine Coast, an innovative partnership that seeks to work with our local community to get the best possible mix of environmental, social, and economic benefits for the river and floodplain over the next 80 years and more. So Emma, I love that. I, I love the, the way that the video, it, it, the way that it showed this great Victoria history of your region. Um, and and, and, and it's, it's fascinating how it's gone from uh, floodplains to sugarcane, to recreation. And I, and I love this, the, the bit that, uh, that that's the video said at the end about the key aims 
environmental, social, economic benefits for the river and the floodplain over the next 80 years. So it's not like in some some governments where they're just planning three, four years out. Your organisations, your partnerships, you're actually planning 80 years out with what you're looking to do. I think we all need to take a long-term view on what ha- what's happening with our environment. Um, we've recently completed what we call our coastal hazard adaptation strategy, where we look out to 2100 to look at what the sea level rise is going to be, which uh, for us will be about 1.1 metres. And because we are a region that has quite a long co- piece of coast, yeah. as well as hinterland areas where we have a lot of uh, our agriculture business, it's really important for us to understand what the changing landscape is going to look like and be and uh, provide for us all to be still living in this place. Yeah, and, and just a slight, slightly, I don't know what's the right expression, slightly leady. So, so the area has been very, very, very much manipulated by man over the years. And, and now um, it is your, your purpose with, with yourself and your partners to do good with this, this land for the long term. Would that be correct? I think some of the land has been you know, interfered with or built and, uh, and inhabited for, for a number of years. But um, we do maintain a lot of green space within our region. It's one of our very strong policy positions as a council to, to maintain that green space, uh, to plant trees. Uh, we have one of the largest land care um, areas in Australia. And so it is very, uh, it's a predominant feature of People who live here find it, you know, very. It's part of our very strong values. Yeah, yeah. And um, Emma, is there, is there, is, isn't there some fantastic stat? I'm, I'm probably going to slightly murder this, but isn't doesn't eighty percent of the population in Australia live twenty minutes from the beach? Or, or, or that, to, to create, creating that that problem that presumably lots and lots of people want to move to your area. Yeah, we have, a, you know, the coastal fringes of Australia are by far the most inhabited and our region is no different. It's uh, very much a consolidation of our population along the coastal fringe. Uh, I was talking earlier that I live in a place called Mooloolabar, which is this beautiful, beautiful uh, beach area. And I would encourage everybody to look it up because it's really one of the best beaches in the world. Uh, but we do have a population that spans over a, a very large area here in, in the Sunshine Coast. So we do have communities that are uh, within our beautiful Glasshouse Mountains, uh, in our hinterland, uh, that are really um, different to a beach-type culture as well. Okay. And and with, with so, so you, you don't think you're going to um, suffer on an environmental basis? You don't think you're going to suffer anything like overpopulation, are you? You, you can accommodate the people that want to come in. I think everybody will suffer from an environmental perspective. Uh, well, we will certainly need to change the way we do things. And this is part of the, um, the policy settings and the conversation that we continue to have. Um, we are part, we just became last year a biosphere, UNESCO biosphere, oh, did, uh, which yes. means that we're really dedicated to the, the United Nations Sustainability Development Goals. And that's all about uh, our, us as human beings living in the landscape in a sustainable way, which means that it's, you know, we we always have that eye on the future and an eye on the impact that we have and making sure that uh, we're sustainable for generations to come. Yeah. So, so Mark, Mark, in the UK, we, we've got a really interesting oxymoron that we need the land um, to, to grow. Um, but Emma, Mark, you'll know this, that we're short of four million houses in, in the UK uh, for, for our, our population needs. And so we've got this oddity that... Um, 
uh, people want to farm, but um, actually, Mark, in some respects, you know, for farmers, it may be more attractive to actually sell land uh, for, for for housing. But then that that depletes the the, the agricultural land, meaning we can't uh, feed, feed as many people. Mark, Mark what, what's your view on that on, on, on the basis of what we're learning from Emma, please? It, it is that whole chicken and egg, isn't it? And, and the population is continuing to grow. But like you say, we just need to feed people. And it's how we how we balance that out and how we how how we how we deal with that which is, the, is a massive massive challenge which um it's interesting to hear what 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 you you guys are doing over on the sunshine coast and how you're being in one of the most sustainable areas in australia if not the world with lots of people wanting to move to that and how you're how you're thinking or very long term to, to deal with that so it's a, thank you, Mark. So Emma, that sustainability is sustainability one of the key factors of of your role in the Sunshine Coast Council? Oh, it's absolutely our number one. Wow. Our vision is to be the most sustainable region in Australia, and so it drives all of our strategies. But that sustainability is not just about environmental sustainability; it's about our sustainability of being able to accommodate our people, about creating jobs for the future that uh, give people the lifestyle that they want to live here. So it is a very strong balance of a number of different things. To but we always come back to sustainability. And to that sustainable growth uh, question, that is probably at the core of what we talk about today, because we do need people to continue to grow and move to the Sunshine Coast to continue uh, our businesses. Um, but we, one of the very strong parts of our Sunshine Coast economy is our agriculture business. And okay. so we need to make sure that we have a balance of the, the way we use our land and the way that we accommodate people and making sure that we have really good design that allows people to live comfortably uh, but uh, allows more people to live in those spaces and so um, we we maintain a very strong view of making sure we have green space yep. uh, whilst consolidating our population our population growth into into various corridors to balance that that growth well, 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 thank you, Emma. And, and with your three hundred forty thousand residents, are, are they have they all adopted the sustainability message? If we were to to pull some people off, off the off, off the street, would they be singing this song as well? Or are we still like we are? I think in the, in the UK, I'd be interested to get Marcy. Um, we're still trying to drive the societal change. I think it is coming, but it feels like it's in some respects it might be the kids. Uh, behind us that are going to be that next generation that, that that drives it and are all of your populists but behind you Emma behind the council I, I think it's a great question I think for all of us we're we're still learning and adapting the way that we live to be more kind to the environment that we're on for the longer term and um, just things like use of packaging and yeah. whether people take a takeaway coffee cup you know all of those things are changes to our, our lifestyles and I would say that the people of the Sunshine Coast area are very strongly supportive of the values of environment and nature and maintaining the precious place that we live in. Yeah. Uh, we still have challenges like for in our region, transport is a really big challenge. Uh, we don't have many uh, ways of moving around here other than the motor vehicles. So we have the second highest car ownership in Australia. And that is a really big challenge for us, uh, for the for the lifestyle and for the for the vision that we have. Yeah. So uh, we have a very strong focus on how to change the ways in which people move around to give us more opportunities. We can't expect people to change 
their own ways and habits and behaviours if we don't provide the infrastructure and the ability for them to do that. Well, well, well done. And, and where Mark was really keen to get yourself on re- representing the Sunshine Coast Council so we could l- learn from you. To, to me, um, you're, if it's the right expression, you're, you're like the billboard, not just for Australia, but for the rest of the world on a, on a sustainable, sustainability basis. Um, I always, um, and Mark will have heard me say this before, I always quote um, Africa. Africa has got the 10 fastest growing cities in the, in the world. Um, and if you visit some the, the cities, it is it is it is mad chaotic environmentally it's a, it, it's a mess but you can see they're they're driving societal change but by, by what they're learning from the likes of us and and you so there's an example of uh, kenya kenya uh, stopped using plastic bags um i believe on the influence of of the uk and and europe stopping using plastic bags for shopping some some five years ago so it's, it's only small steps but that's one of the biggest things that you all see in africa is just this floating plastic bag you don't see them anymore in kenya uh, because they've learned from other countries so so again i i think you're a billboard not just for australia but for the for 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 the rest of the world but but do, do you do you I'm, I'm guessing have you done the easy fixes is 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 what you want to do now to to further that the sustainability goals is it now the hard hard miles or, or the hard kilometers that you've got to got to do got to go and you've got to be courageous to go to that next step step to, to achieve what you want to, to achieve have you got these hard kilometers to go to go now I think there's a balance of of easier things and harder things. I think we all need to believe that we can we can do things differently and that we can change. And uh, I think the core of it is really having that long term planning and having the conversations with community and all walking together towards a goal um, and having um, a framework like the biosphere framework helps us really understand how we're meeting those targets every day. Uh, but there's things that we can do all the time, and I think we have to have great optimism. I love your point about uh, Kenya. I think there's so much to learn from it, from everywhere around the world. No one group is doing things perfectly and um, has the license of all the good ideas. We all can learn from each other, and collaboration is king, really, in, in this environment. And the fact that we can connect across the globe so easily like this to have this conversation, what's stopping us from doing that on a you know, thousand scale uh, perspective to get better ideas. Yeah, so it, it, Emma, this completely makes me tickle because I, I did uh, my, my college placement year on cotton in northern New South Wales. It's, it, it's a it's a fine area, but I, I know that the Sunshine Coast is better. But I, I remember um, I used to use the office phone to ring my parents and, and then my employers found out and handed me back the bill. Right, right, rightly so, but it's amazing that we can talk on Zoom like this in the, in real time. Mark, Mark, what what do you think in in the respect of um, sustainability? I just get this feeling that that Emma, or am I going to say this, is leaps and bounds in front of us on a sustainability element in comparison uh, to us, and it feels like they've got a real partnership going on there. Mark, I'm not trying to drag, drag politics into this, but do you think that that government within the UK? could do more to drive sustainability, to, to drive this societal change so, so that we can catch up with Emma. What do you think, Mark? I think we can always do more. And yes, I do think on a personal perspective that from what, what we've heard and, and what we know about Emma and the Sunshine Coast, that, that they are a few steps ahead of uh, ahead of us all. But it's, it, it's that whole change piece, isn't it? Everyone doesn't want to make the first move or doesn't know which direction to to, to, to make that first exit. It's such a vast topic and such a, a, a varied area um, to actually try and achieve um, what, what, what Emma's trying to achieve. is very, very difficult. So 
yeah, I think there's more that we could we could do, and I think we need to be bold and brave to to set that goal out and and um, and have that long term view um, of where we want to get to. Yeah, but and Emma, go back to um, positively accusing you all of being the billboard, not, not for Australia, for the um, for for the um, re- rest of rest of the world. We we all say on these broadcasts. I always come up with this example of uh, in Holland, they have the Dutch diamond, which is a link between government, um, education, and industry, and they they work in a great sim- symbiotic manner. We're a bit fragmented like that within the UK. Do do you have the same in in Australia and with the Sunshine Coast? Do you have that good link with? government education and, and industry is that is that helping you uh prosper and uh, to, to achieve your goal go, your goals in the sunshine coast uh having lived in the netherlands you know it's part of the uh. the dutch culture that working together is so strong and uh so you know that that is something that i think we can all aim for to work better together i wouldn't be too harsh on the united kingdom i've seen some fantastic examples of um, in, I, I got had the great uh, opportunity to do a study tour last year of infrastructure over there in yeah. sort of Birmingham and the changes that have been made there and, and the government's working together at all levels and um, using the opportunity of the Commonwealth Games to really shift and change. And so I feel very positive and optimistic about the way the UK works together on this. But every example in the world where things happen well have government education and the people working together really well. And so um, I think everyone aims to do that. Having stable long-term government leadership is really key to that Um, or leadership across all of those sectors, actually. If you have people that know and trust each other and can build those relationships and keep progressing together on a common vision, then that is really the key to to all good endeavours, actually. So, um, you know, I think there's great examples around the world. We can always do better. We have pockets of fantastic collaboration and we have areas where we still need to work better together. Yeah, Emma, well done. And and you just reminded me of something. We're in the middle of the Eurovision Song Contest. So help me with this one, Emma. We're going to start your segue here. It's the Eurovision Song Contest, but Australia is in it for the first year. How does that work? Mark, have you got any idea? Oh, it's not the first year, Max. Oh, oh, sorry. It's like the third or the fourth year. Oh, sorry. um, Australians are just as bemused. I think it gives someone to vote for when they don't want to vote for anyone else. But, uh, you know, it's great for us to have the ability. Eurovision Song Contest is a bit legendary in Australia for, you know, we love the quirkiness of it and um, the diversity of acts that you see. So it's always been very popular down here, but uh, I'm still not sure myself how we're participating in it, but very happy to. Excellent. Um, and the reason for mentioning the Eurovision Song Contest and the and the entry from Australia for the third year running um, is that that uh, the the the, um, uh, the 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 competition is all set up on a, on a carbon neutral basis. So I've, I've been deriding the UK, but we must just pick up on the the positives that Emma's just saying and use that shining example. And for those on the podcast, uh, uh, Mark is currently dressed as a Eurovision ABBA singer. Um, and he, he's very fitting, Emma, for those on the podcast, isn't he? I've ne- never seen a better adversary. <laughs> so to, to, to that, that segues us nicely onto carbon and the race to net zero. Um, so within within the UK, and I'm going to be positive, Emma, I'm learning from you, that, that um, uh, our, our government and various businesses, they, they've, they've got this big chase to get to, 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 to net zero. Um, but I'm guessing you're looking to do the same. Do you think it's achievable within your within the Sunshine Coast Council and your remit? Is it achievable to achieve net uh, net zero for yourselves? 
Uh, I want to put that in a way of how can it not be? What happens <laughs> if we don't get to zero? Yeah. <laughs> so we have to, again, believe that we can do it. And, uh, I, you know, human beings are very, very creative and innovative um, creatures. And I think if we all set ourselves the targets, we'll get there. Uh, there's a lot to be done and there's a lot of different ways to, to address this. But I think um, understanding the priorities setting in place the strategies and then working towards that is is the way that we're going to do it um we have to get to to some way to that target and there's going to be um that last little bit that will be hard to do yeah. i'm sure but uh people are thinking about that all the time we'll yeah, get it's, there it's, it's the it's the it's those tough kilometers as, as I said before, uh, Mark, with, with um, carbon neutrality in, in the UK, you, you and I have seen a lot of businesses looking to go down this route. Mark, let's get some experiences from, from you. If it's, if it's okay to just mention, you've just been to a major uh, UK conference, agricultural conference. Was there a lot of talk in, in that about uh, uh, carbon neutrality? Yeah, massive amounts. Um, yeah, I was at um, the last couple of days in that conference, pigs, pigs tomorrow, focusing on our pig, cent- pig sector um, and the innovations um, the the that's that's seen and actually we had a presentation earlier today um from a big genetics company um with a big arable operation and they've set um, uh, their their ambitions to be net zero by 2030 um and this is like 28,000 cells and about 14,000 hectares of, of arable land and they're well on the way to, to looking at all the credentials to be able to do that across the whole business which is an integrated supply chain. They're, they're growing their own feed to feed back to the pigs to then um, uh, rear uh, and, and things like that. But very, very, very interesting. And yes, it's definitely possible. But like Emma says, you've got to be bold and brave and ambitious. Um, and the human the human mind is, is very um, adapting when it needs to be. Um, so yeah. yeah, some really interesting stuff. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. And Emma, coming back to the Sunshine Coast, I, I feel like I'm reiterating my questions, but we, we, we need to learn from you. With, with this mission to, to get to net zero, um, have you have you found that being have you found that an easy push uh, with, with your community and with your with your other leaders? Have, have you had to ed- or are you still educating some people that this we have to we have to adopt this? Uh, the, the, there's only one plan A. There's no plan B. Have, is this is this is this a difficult um, a movement that you're having to create within the Sunshine Coast? I think it's been difficult across Australia in our culture. We know there's been quite a um, a long-term discussion about climate change, but I think we've turned the corner. Our, our national government just announced as part of their budget initiatives a net zero authority uh, to be created to really focus everyone's efforts on this. So I think uh, we'll see a lot more action and activity taken, but uh, we've, we've still got a way to go. And like I said, if we're not producing real opportunities for people to change the way that we do things, then uh, we can't expect um, people to just just do that themselves. So uh, we need to, to be able to create those pathways and make things a lot more understandable and, and simple, um, create the opportunities to change um, whether where it be um, and in the case of our Blue Heart video, you would have seen sugarcane farming, which has yep. uh, really changed uh, its viability, I suppose, within our region. And we're shifting to a pre- 
a proposed way of uh, blue carbon farming, which is a you know something that has never been created before. Yeah. So we will have to be doing different things, and the next generation of people coming through are already uh, so much more connected to artificial intelligence and working out different ways to do things. So it's pretty exciting to see uh, that that group of that cohort yeah. of people coming through our organization and shifting the way that we think as well. Yeah. Emma, well, well done. You, you stole my thoughts because um, uh, we're seeing so, so many of the younger generation, they'll be so selective as to um, even what universities they, they go to, if they're going to go down that route and even more so what companies they, they want to get a job with in that if those companies don't have a, a sustainability vision goal and, and a carbon, uh, uh, a carbon drive to neutrality, they won't join those, those companies. And some of those companies are scratching their heads and say, why can't we get these younger graduates? Why are they going over to, to these companies? Oh, because they've got a sustainability agenda. And, and yeah, so we're going to, and just as for the example that Mark's given, if we've got bigger companies in the UK looking to to drive that, you can see how that's going to influence um, smaller companies. And then going back to my African example, uh, it's going to is going to go to drive chains and 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 other countries. So, so Emma, you're I, I, I love what I love you. I love what you say. So you're so you're you're very positive that you're you're going to get what you want in the terms of sustainability and and carbon um, carbon neutrality within the period of time you, that you're set. You're confident of those targets, are you? Well, I I don't know about the word confident. I think we <laughs> okay. just all need to keep working, measuring. If we don't measure and we don't set targets. Uh, we're not very good at uh, heading in that direction. So the fact that we've um, worked really hard to become a UNESCO biosphere, oh. we're working yep. on our sustainability development goals, uh, we've set ourselves targets within the organisation, uh, we're working very hard on transport and mobility solutions to help people um, have other options. I think we've got all of the building blocks to, um, to get there. We need to continue to understand how the earth will be shifting and changing, um, how the science might be adapting over time to, to the, all the different factors and forces that come into this, um, to any other big world events such as pandemics. Uh, yeah. We've really got to work through and continue to be alive to change. And um, we always talked in my early years about the only thing that's constant is change. <laughs> and uh, I think we see that at a more escalating level um, I don't like to be really fixed or rigid in our views. We should be developing strategies that can change and that we can run harder or change directions if we need to along the way. Yeah, well, well done. I, I always say uh, the only thing you can predict is change. And, and just, just, just to emphasize um, Emma's point, I, I meant to mention it earlier, um, when um, we were looking at uh, Emma's uh, video before we went live today, um, if you look at the social media for the Sunshine Coast Council, especially on YouTube, there's a whole, there's a whole raft of really interesting um, videos and they're, they're hugely informative. So to going back to what we said earlier about perhaps a little bit myopic in the, in the UK, if you just want to see something slightly different and how a um uh, a, a, a land far away far away is is making making a difference in, i think in, in quite um difficult circumstances as, as was and have made a real difference to the point of um some of these uh, global awards that they're, they're, they're now attracting have a look at uh, the social media of the sunshine uh, coast coast council um, emma if it's okay can we just segue on to onto leadership because this is a, a a very 
topical comment that always comes up within mm-hmm. our, our group within agriculture because what we we tend to have is um we have farms and uh there will be um potentially a, a farming family and it's either a father or a son and daughter have sort of um inherited the the leadership role but they might not have a, have had any training they might have gone off to college or university to get education but leadership is so you can't go um and do a day course or learn it on youtube or, or do a three four year degree um to to some degree leadership you, you've held some fascinating roles um and and you look at your role now what what do you think is the to tell us what you think is the secret to leadership oh, oh the secret to leadership um you have to have a heart and realize that leadership is around people and you, you can't lead you can't lead widgets or rocks. You know, it's all about leading human beings who have arts and minds and, you know, their own aspirations and their own thoughts. And so uh, fundamentally to anyone, when I'm interviewing leaders, I look for language that talks about people because if they don't actually think about Brilliant. people, then that's not part of the mix. But the other secret to me is that you have to lead early and, and lead in as many different circumstances as possible because the best leaders come from, you know, the ones that make lots of mistakes and learn from them. Um, it's a lifelong learning activity and it's also a creative art. So um, <laughs> it's sort of being open to um, using your creativity to adapt to different situations, um, owning your errors and mistakes and being a real person. Yeah, well, well done. And I remember going to a, uh, a lecture some years ago and um, our telecommunication communications company in the UK, BT, uh, we had the, I think it was the chief financial officer uh, came and presented to us. And he said that uh, he thinks that um, it, it is so difficult to uh, communicate a, a company culture through leadership if you've got a team of over 450 people, let alone if you've got a myriad myriad of, of different different sites, let alone if you're over 10,000 people. Well, you've got 1,800 people um, under your jurisdiction, un, under under your control, and and presumably there are lots of different different departments. I'm guessing you've got a, a cracking senior management team, have you? That that work 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 with you in unison, have you? That is a beautiful way to put them. I'm going to tell them that today, that they are a cracking, <laughs> cracking leadership team. <laughs> team. They, they are a cracking team. And I have a cracking, every 18, one of my 1,800 people are cracking people. They, oh, they believe in the values. They believe in the vision for our region. And they all work incredibly hard to, to serve our people of the Sunshine Coast region every day. Uh, we just recently reset and re- had a relook at our values and what was driving us and what we needed to go into the future. And we did that across all of our teams. We didn't. We allowed every one of those eighteen hundred people to have a say in what we thought the values Brilliant. should be of the organisation. And uh, we, you know, we've got a great set of values now that I think will take us forward for for the you know next five, 10 years to come. You know, maybe we need to change along the way, but for now, they're uh, they're really defining the way that we we work every day. Emma, well done. I'm only a bloke with a mic, but I just think the the whole thing about values, and I love what you say about getting every one of those 1800 people to contribute is so important, rather than mission statements. Do you remember mission statements? When when you, you'd sort of oh, email yeah. out or, or they'd be on the back of a pay slip or something really weird. And, and people weren't bought into that. Well, so if you engage with people and, and take them on that journey, I, th- I think, Mark, what do you think? I think that's brilliant having, and we can learn from that on a, on a, on a farming perspective, can't we? That's, oh, Mark, and 
winging this as normal. If um if a, if a farm is looking to create that um that culture that um that that community within within their business, if they if they ask all of their team what the values are that we the the owners think our values are this, what do you all think? And, and come to a common set of, uh, of of values, and you don't have to stick it on a wall, but just keep on reiterating it to, at teams meet at team meetings and health and safety meetings to reiterate the, those values that everyone's bought into. Mark, do you think that that's inspired? Hugely inspired because if everyone's got common values and common things involved, then they go, then they're going to all drive together and work towards those common goals collaboratively because it's it's part of what they want out of life. So massively, massively important to align and get people to surround people that have those the, those same beliefs and those values. Definitely. Yeah, and, and I didn't really want to mention this, but there's a there's a, a chap of mine who's not a very good leader in his own words, and he always says that the best thing about running a business is employing people, and the worst thing about running a business is employing people. But I, but I, I think the problem is with him. Well, so if, if 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 he if he was you, I could just see what you would do, and you revolutionise that 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 team by just identifying with everyone what the strengths and weaknesses are and, and collating them and bringing them as a, as a, as a team. I mean, you know, you know what I'm going to, going to ask, ask next um, advice. You, you've, you've been around the world and you've got this cracking role. There you go. Cracking role of um, CEO of the sunshine, uh, sunshine coast. Um, you're, how can we be better led in this, in this new world by, by we we've got we're, we're in such a transformational period there's so, so much more that we can do post the post the pandemic what do you think of how we can be better led in the in the new world by i don't know in industry leaders and and government government leaders is there some some magic dust or or have you already told told us what what's um what that magic does how can we be better led emma I think we've talked about a lot of the words today that you, you might have heard throughout the whole the whole discussion. Um, courage is really important. Um, we, if we're living up to uh, the things that happen on a day-to-day -day basis or what we consider the future to be, we have to be courageous. We have to collaborate. The, yeah, well, that collaboration word is, um, you know, happening more and more. In fact, I think the young people call it a collab, um, but it's, you know, <laughs> collaboration is 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 king and it's the way that we can do things find strange things to mix together to to be better we have to care we have to be kind yeah. that kindness is disappearing when people get frustrated or stressed and cost of living goes up uh, we've sort of regressed back into ourselves um, a little bit and i think we need to be uh, more caring than ever about our human condition and then my favourite word for the for the time that we're in at the moment, and one of our strong values now is curiosity. Brilliant. We have to be curious. We have to ask why. I say to my teams, you know, we have to bring out our best three-year-old and ask why a thousand times so that we can just try and understand rather than judge on face value what's going on because things are not as they have always been and that requires a very curious mind. Uh, so, uh, Mark, isn't that that that's just, that's beautiful, isn't it? A, a curious mind. It's, it's fantastic, I and mean, it's what we need to be. If we don't ask why, and if we don't if we don't don't question those things, you're never going to open up those bits of magic um, to help you push forward to the next level. To Emma, we're just running out of time. We, we, we've stolen enough of your time already, and you, you've got a hard day's work, work in front of you. But we just want to find out one, one, one thing from you. From everything that you've learned in, in your roles and this, this, uh, this role of CEO, Sunshine Coast Council, what, what would you 
what would you say to, to the people listening in as to how they can be better people and run better businesses from what you've learned in your career, please? Oh, it's such a, it's, there's so many building blocks to every person. So being able to be self-aware and understand yeah. your own reactions and behaviours and uh, your own understanding and where your own um, needs are is very important. I think we don't take enough time to sort of tap into our own emotional states or other things. Uh, and then more broadly, the world is a really big place, but it's very well connected. And um, just taking time out to look at yeah. what other people are doing and how other things are happening for all of us. No one is perfect. We are not perfect. No one is perfect around, around the place. But we all do these gems of things that if we brought them together and and learn more from one another, uh, we would be um, able to get ahead a lot faster, I suppose. And so I think the, the the old, old wisdom where people from day dot have sat in circles and shared stories is still, you know, working for us. Yeah, Emma, there's a, a, a report recently in the, in the UK that showed that uh, those individuals that had a really good, strong social group had far better health and far better longevity um, um, age-wise and I think this is something that Mark and I and, our, and Mark's colleagues have, have found that um, within farming communities in the UK you can get very isolated and you're just busy the whole time whilst if you can actually take some time out um, and meet some different people and listen to these sort of broadcasts listen to the likes of yourself uh, you, you're actually going to be stimulated you're going to be curious as you say and it's, it's going to make you come back to your, your business um, and you're going to become better leaders and by implication you're going to um, have have a have a have a better business mark what do you think yeah no absolutely and that, those those points that that you you've just covered being curious and 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 listening and talking like you say max stepping out of the business getting off the treadmill because it's so easy to just work harder and, and and stay in that groove is is the way that we can see the wider picture and that's really really important and, and we see yeah we need to do that more and more in all organizations but particularly in agriculture um, Emma, I'm just going to give you a great example. I've just remembered uh, we've, we've got a fantastic dairy near where we are in the, in, in the UK and the owner hadn't been away for eight years and he took his, uh, his wife to Australia and hired a VW van and he went up um, to um, to to the Sunshine Coast. He, he was he, he travelled the whole of the east coast of Australia. Did it for a month. Came back a changed man. And already in the space of two months, the business has been revolutionised because he's just come back a completely different person because he spent his his time there thinking about how they can progress the business. Just just like um, as we saw in the video video, environmental, social, economic be benefits uh, for the river and the floodplain over the next eighty years. This is this is this is we're all on a journey, aren't we? And we've all got to plan. For, plan for the future and enjoy it as uh, as as we go. Um, Emma, you've been fantastic. Before before you go, what, what's your prediction? Do you think Australia are going to win the Eurovision this year? <laughs> well, you know, um, there's that's always a possibility. I, I think Eurovision is very hard to speculate who wins, isn't it? From my my <laughs> sort of short understanding of it, I don't think anyone ever gets it quite right. It's always a surprise. It's always but a surprise. being a mad keen ABBA fan, I'm you know right on it. Okay, well, 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 we'll get our, our main, we'll get the super ABBA fan to wrap up for us. Mark, wrap up for us, please. Excellent. No, thank you very much, Emma. And it's been really fascinating to listen um, 
listen to you and what you and the 1800 fantastic people at the Sunshine um, Coast Council are actually doing where you're setting long-term goals but working hugely collaboratively to actually achieve those and creating those opportunities but always putting people at the heart to be more curious um, and, and to, to open up um, the opportunities uh, to to achieve all the challenges that, that the world's chucking at us um, that we need to we need to address and we need to keep moving forward to, to, to do but it's been a great a great pleasure to have you on and um thank you for your time and, and emma, emma if it's okay to say we're, we're going to organize a farm tour to the sunshine coast uh, australia uh we're, we're setting off what day is it we're set off saturday so we'll be with you sort of sun, sunday monday um and, and there'll only be two and a half thousand of us so if you could be ready for us that'd be great well, we have a thriving food and agribusiness network here. Well, we welcome you to come here and, and visit. And I'm sure our people could learn a lot in visiting back. I just have enormous gratitude for our whole agriculture business across the globe. Yeah. Uh, we probably don't uh, say thank you enough to the people who feed us and clothe us and um, provide everything for us in our, in our environment. So thank you very much to everyone out there for the work that you do. No, no problem. So Emma, thank, thank you for that. Thank you very much to yourself, Sunshine Coast Council. Can I give a big shout out to Karen, your colleagues, Karen and Tamara, because if it wasn't for, uh, for, for, for them, we wouldn't have been able to get this. And um, it's amazing that we're, whatever it is, 18, 22,000 miles from each other, but we can have this. So I, I know the conversations, uh, we had a bit of a satellite delay, but it all worked and we've learned so much from you. Can I just tell everyone to go have a look at the Sunshine Coast Council Australia social media, because you've just been blown away by it and you'll want to go out and visit. Um, Emma, you've been fantastic. Thank you very much. Thanks, Max. Thanks, Mark. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good day.